Joining us here on the show, he's the beat writer for the Aztecs. Does an incredible job. Really, really solid work from him. Uh, every time he's uh, every time he has his uh, pen to a paper or fingers on a typewriter or a computer, I guess it's, it is these days. Mark, thanks for your time. How are you? I'm good. I'm old enough to remember typewriters. <laughs> <laughs> I said that, and I was like, this isn't going to come out well. This is going to be bad. Uh, hey, Mark, uh, so to the last 24 hours for the state of California – must be bonkers right now. What are you hearing about the state of California, their situation with football, and how it affects San Diego State? Well, I mean, it's uh, it, it was really curious to hear the governor yesterday because what happened is that the USC football players petitioned him and said, well, why can't we play? We want to play. And so he was asked about it in a press conference and said, what do you mean? I never said you couldn't play. Well, if you go look at their protocols, that the state passes them down to counties in California, the county health officer then enacts them. And then if you don't enact the state protocol um, or guidance, uh, you could lose state funding for your county or in your cities. So there's a huge incentive to do it. And, and so the protocols are very clear. You could be in groups of 12 and maybe those groups of 12 could have contact with each other, but only within those groups of 12, how are you supposed to put together a football team? You know, I mean, you can't have offense go against defense. I mean, and, and so, you know, he can say it all he wants, but until they change these protocols and then the county health officers in every county. So it's, you know, a different one in Fresno State and, the Cal- and in San Diego and in L.A. for UCLA and, and uh, USC, uh, different one for Stanford, different one for Cal. I mean, they're, they're all different uh, until these health officers feel comfortable enough that they can allow these teams to start practicing in full. We're not going to see any movement. Now, my guess is, uh, it probably rolled downhill a little bit from the governor's office, and they said, "Okay, let's change these protocols and allow them to do it." Um, but that's kind of the latest, and and you know the the, the real bottom line is in, in California they put out very specific protocols for professional teams, even minor league professional teams, to play if they did a certain amount of testing and and allowed them to practice and build up to it. And then there's there's protocols for youth sports and high school sports which aren't supposed to be having any contact at all, and the colleges are caught in between, and they kind of classify the colleges as amateur sports and with youth sports and high school sports and they really probably should be classified at least division one football with the professional sports and allow them to use those protocols so that's what i suspect will eventually happen what is the the outbreak situation and rate of infection in the san diego area so that's an interesting question because when it was it we have different levels in california and and san diego had actually dropped out of the toughest level and allowed to open restaurants in some capacity, indoor facilities, um, schools, some schools have opened uh, on a limited basis, uh, which is much more liberal than in other parts of the state. Uh, but it's based no longer based on hospitalizations and no longer based on ICU or deaths. It's only based on cases and testing. If you don't test enough, you can be put into this red zone and, and close everything up. And San Diego was in that tier just below but when San Diego State students came back, there was a huge out- outbreak. It's over 600 now cases. None of them hospitalized, but there's enough of a numbers that it has pushed San Diego into the next, next threshold. And it's done on a weekly basis, and they're expecting on Tuesday to go into that threshold because of San Diego State. So it, it's, it's a, a dicey situation for the city, uh, and it may or may not affect practice protocols, for example on campus because they had a huge outbreak there uh, over the summer. Uh, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts when we go into that in, a, in that, that red 
danger level. It's all done color-coded now. Uh, if that will impact the ability to practice or not. Eric and I have been debating this back and forth for the last week or so. If there's a team that's not allowed to participate in the Mountain West Conference football season, is there an eligibility or a chance that they could file a lawsuit towards the Mountain West Conference and win? Good question. I don't, you know, I think they could. I don't think they would. I think they just sort of take their lumps and move on. I, I don't see any way Hawaii is going to play. I mean, they're even stricter than California. You know, there was some talk of lifting the 14-day quarantine for all visitors to the island. Um, in October, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Maybe it'll happen by November, but I don't know how they're going to get visiting football teams in there. They have a, uh, a very strict um, gatherings law, uh, outdoor mask restriction. I mean, it's it's almost militant there. They put people in jail if they didn't if they didn't uh, quarantine properly. So I, I don't see any way they play. Um, I'm not sure about New Mexico either. I don't know if they're going to get the, the approval from the governor, who really doesn't want them to play. And then. You know, the other question you're going to have in California where they really want to play in San Diego. Um, but, you know, Fresno State's got to get the athletes on campus. Uh, San Jose State is in Santa Clara County. Uh, I'm not sure they, they've ever opened restaurants there. I mean, it's, it's way stricter than San Diego. So there's huge hurdles and timing issues. And I, and I really think injury issues for these teams going forward if they don't have enough time to get ready for a season. Mark, uh, what about... Um... This uh, we we heard the news here earlier this week that San Diego State is uh, the the timeline for their venue to play football is is different. Uh, they're not going to play in San Diego. Uh, they're going to be getting on a bus and traveling north. Uh, how has that been received, and what will that look like? Assuming there is some kind of a season, it may not happen. Maybe it doesn't happen this fall, but it would still be scheduled for 2021 as a venue for San Diego State. Yeah, that's the, the the big year is 2021. I don't think it matters where you play this year because no one's going to be able to go to the games anyway in California. I mean, for, for the foreseeable future. I mean, even in spring football, I don't think we're going to be seeing fans the way this state has approached um, COVID-19. But next year is the big deal because, you know, there's a chance or a good chance you think that there are going to be fans in the stadium. And what happened is they took over the, the SDCCU, formerly Qualcomm Stadium property in Mission Valley just last month. And now that they own it, they have to maintain it. That stadium costs uh, about $12 million, 10 to $12 million a year to maintain. Now, about $5 million of that is in debt service uh, that is owed from upgrades of the stadium back, dating back into the 1990s. The city still has to pay that. But the rest of it, and, and, and in some years it could be up to $6 million, is San Diego State's burden now. And you can't put any events in the stadium to offset that. So they just looked at this and kind of said, man, you know, even if we come back and we play in the stadium, it's free rent for us, but we're going to lose our shirts. We're going to lose four or $5 million uh, over the course of the season on this. So it's actually cheaper for them to go a hundred miles North. Um, they're going to pay a little bit less rent than they, they were paying to the city, uh, but they obviously won't have the same kind of fan base and they'll lose ticket revenue and parking revenue and concession revenue that they would have ordinarily got, but they'll actually lose, less money in the long run uh, by moving. It's a, it's a, it's a bizarre situation, it's counterintuitive, uh, but I don't really think they had much choice unless they just had unlimited coffers and, and were willing to bite the bullet and lose four or five million dollars on this, on this uh, sort of albatross stadium that they've got. I heard the new stadium is pretty beautiful though. Can you kind of give us a tease of, of what you've heard or what it's supposed to look like and all? You know, I, the renderings always look beautiful, right? And the, the, 
you know, and so there's going to be great, it, you know, the old San Diego Stadium used to be open to the east uh, before they closed it in, wanted to upgrade uh, and increase capacity so they could host Super Bowls. And it had this beautiful view of the mountains. People don't think of mountains in San Diego, but we're backed by mountains and they're not very far away. And so it looked out towards those mountains. And I believe they're going to kind of try to recapture that. They're going to have a lot of pavilions around the stadium that, that are reflective of different neighborhoods in San Diego, which is kind of a unique idea. They're going to try to have some uh, luxury suites that are down on the field and movable around, depending on if you're having soccer or football there. That's going to be kind of cool. I think they'll have an end zone uh, student section, kind of like you see at Colorado State. The one thing that's going to be interesting, though, is, and, and people love to trash on Qualcomm slash SDCCU Stadium, but it's an all-seater stadium. They're, they're all, you know, chair back seats, and in some levels, they're nice seats, they're cushioned. Um, this stadium will have some of that, but there's also going to have some bleacher seating, and, and that's going to be interesting to see how much bleacher seating they, they ultimately have um, and, you know, how fans react to that. They're not used to that here. I know at Colorado State and some other college football venues, that's just part of going to a college football venue, but it never has been here. And so fans are going to, you know, be shocked if they don't buy a real premium seat. They're not going to have a back on their seat or they're going to be sitting on a metal bleacher and, um, you know, football is a long game. And so that, that to me will be one of the more interesting things in people's, you know, ultimate review of the stadium. Let's, uh, let's play like we assume a college football season is going to happen for the Mountain West uh, this fall. Because we can, we can do that. We can pretend on this show. Sure. So uh, if it were to happen for San Diego State, what, would, what type of team would we see? What, what type of... Uh, what, what players would we see standing out? I know there's been some coaching changes there, but really nothing drastic since they were already familiar with the, the lay of the land. So there were going to be some changes, but how drastic of, of the look and feel of the Aztecs were we going to see this year? Well, it, you know, we've seen this in the past with um, Donnell Pumphrey uh, and Rashad Penny, you know, and, and I think what we've seen is that it's, as much of a system as it is individuals. Yes, they were very, very talented individuals. But San Diego State has been able to go to L.A. Um, and, and, and if you look, go down their depth chart, there's a bunch of different running backs um, that, you know, no one had ever heard of. But what they've been able to do is go into L.A. and L.A. is so loaded with talent and get the fourth or fifth best running back or the 10th best running back. In some cases, maybe the 15th best running back if Washington and Oregon and Stanford and Cal happened to recruit running backs out of LA that year, along with USC and UCLA and sell on the idea that we're old school football. We're going to block, we're going to run. Um, we're not running spread. Uh, and, 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 you know, we're going to be a grinded out team. You're going to get a lot of carries, a lot of touches with a big offensive line. Now that's changing a little bit because uh, one of the things that, that Rocky long had talked about doing before he left was uh, instituting more of a, a spread offense. And so that's going to be the big question this year of, you know, how they integrate that into what they've done in the past. Obviously, always been a very good defensive team. I don't think that's going to change too much. I think you'll see a lot of the, the old Rocky Long footprints. But beyond all that, all the tactics, I think the more, the more interesting thing is going to be, are they going to be ready? Because uh, you're going to have teams that are, are different states of readiness. You know, in Wyoming, for example, they never really went on lockdown. They never, you know, never shut anything down. I mean, I remember talking to them in, in April and they were playing American Legion baseball and, you know, we couldn't even go out of our houses at that point. And we still can't technically play American Legion baseball here. So 
Um, it, you know, San Diego State, the last two weeks, they had to shut down all classes. On, they had a few ca- classes on campus, labs and things. And they had to shut all that down for a month, and they shut athletics down for two weeks. So the, the football team has done nothing for two weeks. And they just picked up today where they left off, and they just started throwing the football. I mean, that, the, the quarterbacks have not been allowed to pick up and touch and throw a football. So they are miles behind a season. And so I think it, no matter who they have or what personnel they have, I don't think it matters. I think it's more about readiness and what they're going to look like the first three or four weeks of the season. Um, you know, that just getting physically ready to have a month-long camp takes a while. And they ought to get just to that point before they can even have that camp. Uh, and I think they'll be uh, fairly, you know, in Fresno State and, and San Jose State and New Mexico and, and uh, Hawaii, if they somehow are able to play, are all going to be behind the other uh, seven schools in the league. Mark Ziegler of the uh, San, San Diego Union Tribune joins us here on the Full Court Press. Hey, let's move to the hardwood. Uh, announced that yesterday that college basketball will begin in November. Obviously, San Diego State's got still high expectations for this squad, even though they lose guys like Malachi Flynn. Uh what do you see when the schedule, uh, the start date's been announced, what does San Diego State lose in regards to non-conference games? And I know they're in the Diamond Head Classic. That gets moved to Orlando. Uh, what do you see in the schedule, and what do you see out of this basketball team as well? So they lose three games right off the bat. They were going to play Alcorn State. Uh, they were going to play Cal State Fullerton at home and buy games, and they had a game at Grand Canyon, part of a home-and-home that they started last year. All those were before the 25th, so they're all wiped out. Um, but the diamond head is going to Orlando. There's an outside chance that the four West coast teams that are in the diamond head, uh, Arizona state, uh, assuming they're allowed to play, um, Seattle and St. Mary's San Diego state, they get together and go, why are we flying down to Orlando? Let's just take our, these four teams, go to, um, Vegas, say, uh, and have our own little mini bubble and just play around. Rob, we'll get three games out of it. Uh, so there's a possibility of that. Um, they're supposed to play St. Louis in the, um, Mountain West Atlantic 10 Challenge, which is supposed to be a very, very good game. St. Louis is a, is a considered NCAA tournament caliber team, so is San Diego State. That would have been a really good early season game. Um, they're supposed to play BYU at home. I think that game's going to stay. Um, but the rest of it is just going to be up in the air. We probably won't know for another week, see what this, the league decides to do with its schedule and its dates and you know what the date of the diamond head going to be and how they sort that out, and then they'll kind of go from there. As far as the team goes, they're in the same boat as the football team. They have just, before they had this two-week pause, they had just been allowed to be indoors with a basketball and one player. That's it. Everything else had been outdoor fitness or working out on outdoor courts individually. And, uh, and so they're, they've got a ways to work up to five-on-five. Five. Um, but I think with the later start of the season, got an October 14th start date for preseason. They could probably get there if state and county restrictions are lifted a little bit, which sounds like they might be. As far as the team goes, uh, yeah, they're not going to have Malachi Flynn. They're not going to have uh, K.J. Fagan, and they're not going to have Yanni Wetzel, three key pieces and starters from last year. But they got two fifth-year uh, senior transfers, Terrell Gomez from Cal State Northridge, averaged almost 20 a game, shot almost over 50% in the Big West last year from three. He's aiming five eight, but he's an incredible shooter. And they got a real sleeper from from uh, Maryland, uh, Joshua Tomiak, six ten, beast, fifth year senior, played behind a lot of NBA guys, very very good. They saw a ton of practice footage of him. 
limited game footage, but he did do some stuff and they're really high on him and, and think he's kind of that diamond in the rough that Yanni Wetzel was. And then you just add back Matt Mitchell, who came out of the draft, Jordan Shackle, and all the other pieces they had last year. Uh, Nathan Mensa is healthy and cleared again, their center. Uh, and it's a pretty darn good team. And it's a very, very, very veteran team. They could start four juniors, I mean, four seniors and a junior, or, they, or if they wanted to, they could start five seniors. Wow. Uh, and that's, that's something that, uh, that always has played well at San Diego State. So uh, I would say they're the favorite, and I think they're a tournament team again. Mark, you're the only writer I like in California. I hope I know that. I hope you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. You do great Good work. You're part. <laughs> Mark Ziegler, part of the San Diego Union Tribune. Mark, let's do it again soon, my man. Yeah, anytime. Just holler.